Their goal is to bring you a podcast that sounds more like everyone else than anyone else. We need to accept the fact that we are like every other podcast. We want to be special, but we're not quite there yet. It's the Zenial Odyssey podcast with Remy and Bobby Rocks. Zenio Podcast, people with Remy Carrero and the lead ringmaster, Bobby Rocks. So I watched uh, Chud 2. Ah, Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers. Have you ever seen the sequel? Of course, it's way yeah, better with, than the first Bud. one. Bud the Chud. Bud the Chud. Yeah. Yes. And they have a dance routine in it. Like for, when you have, when you have a bunch of like zomboid zomboids and they have a dance routine, like come on, that's this is what I loved is the first yeah. Chud for people who don't know was like it took itself pretty seriously, like it took itself too seriously. Creatures, weird, terrible looking creatures that live in fucking um, under manholes. And then the second one, they were like, you know what? Why don't we just go the Gremlins two route? Why don't we not give any fucks and we'll make like a lead character become a zombie, but we'll make people love him. He won't be like a bad guy, but he will be. But people will love, and it's just this B movie masterpiece piece is yep. what it is it's the kind of mind fucker you don't get anymore because people don't do the same kind of cocaine they did back then no no 89 cocaine hits different. it does hit different bro <laughs> uh, 1989 cocaine Dude, hits on there, another level there's like you know we should do that like the movie society have you ever seen that no okay i'm gonna guys we'll dial it back a little bit all right so now that we've kind of rambled for a little bit it's the weekend before halloween kill, kill. And Remy previously asked me if I had seen anything about, I always want to say it's Malcolm Manor. But I it's love like, that. It makes it Mc- sound Hawaiian. Yeah, it's- McKamey. McKamey Manor. And at the time I had said no, he had sent me some some screenshots. He sent me some YouTube clips. Obsessively. I like, I, I'm Bob's more aggressive with figuring shit out and kind of hammering out ideas. And then we'll talk. But with this one, I was like, Bobby. So then I went down my own rabbit holes on YouTube of just videos that people posted. And my first thought was, wait, before we get on it, can I dial back and just do a quick explanation of, I just wanted to say, I just, I, after I watched all this yeah. stuff, I want to be like, fuck you, Rem. Jesus. <laughs> That's what we do to yeah. each other though, right? All right, go, go on. Well, I just want to say, okay, so there's a thing that happened starting around 2007. And I'm sorry if it goes earlier and we don't know, we're not art school students, so we don't always find out about the coolest shit, but they're extreme haunts. Think of the haunted houses you went to as a kid or still go to where like they hand you a grape and say it's a witch's eyeball, you know? Extreme haunts are like, fuck you. We're going to do shit around you and to you. And it's going to be awful. Like this is for people who think they want this. That's what I always find funny is people don't really want this, but the people nope. who think they do. And there are some examples of ones like there's an extreme haunt in and it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't really function because they they were an art installation for 10 years, but called the Blackout Project. And you had to get like tickets and wait and you go through a warehouse in it's pitch black. Like it's called the Blackout Project for a reason. But the stuff that happens around you in the Blackout Project is awful like you have to lay on a bed next to a woman while she's assaulted obviously it's not real but they make it all feel real so extreme haunts are different like you'll have to sign waivers psychological warfare yeah and 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 with the one that bob's about to talk about we're both about to address you know bob give me i'm not even gonna give me your first impression tell me what you learned fill these people in because i didn't want to talk about it off the air with you my first takeaway is three words what the fuck yeah that's fair that's my that's my takeaway shocking huh and it's what the fuck on so many different levels. What the fuck are these people that are signing up for it? What the fuck's wrong with We're them? We're going to discuss that. What the fuck is up with this dude who like 
basically cares more for his greyhound dogs than he does for human life. That includes his children, who his children are around this. And I'm talking, in the videos I saw, his children were children. They were like yeah, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds. Yep, yep, yep. And, and they're being asked about what they think about this stuff. And then, like, immediately it will go to, like, split screen of, like, I, and I want to save, I'll just say the horrificness. Yeah, that's the perfect word. And, um, the, and the fact that in the when he originally did it, he did it in his backyard. Mm-hmm. And... His neighbors would complain, but it was on his property. And he and had a license, a special license he, he at first. He had a quote-unquote special license, and people were signing waivers. Mm-hmm. I think eventually he got into trouble just because if people wanted to tap out, they couldn't tap yeah, out. Yeah, he wouldn't. That was one of the yep. myths. Another thing about it is, okay, so to give you guys the quick, let's say it's 2007, something like that, and people are hearing about this thing. And they're like, oh, we heard that only the tough... Because this is how they preface this. Only the toughest of the tough can get through this. So every horror fan who's got fucking hubris, which is all of us, is like, I can't do it. Now, I know. I work with Bob with special needs kids. And when I get hands on me, it's not... I don't like getting hands on me. Like if we're cool and we're intimate and we know each other or we're friends. But I can't get touched in physical situations because I immediately get triggered violently. I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. So when I first fucking saw this shit, which is, you know, like you said, it's full hands on. And we're, and I was appalled at the people, like you said, more at the people who were willing to sign up. Because you guys got to understand, in 2010, there was like a four-year waiting list to go to this place. Costs nothing but a few bags of dog food. That's your first indication that For there's something more. For his seven greyhound dogs. For his seven greyhounds, by the way. There were, um, and when we're talking people, the waiting list, I watched the video where a lady came from Kuwait. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, for people real. We're doing like once in a lifetime trips and saving money to do this. But here, okay, so here's some of the details. Yeah, when you hear Bob say it's in their backyard, don't visualize a backyard. They built a fucking weird place in the backyard with rooms, with what would you say, almost like a giant shed with different hallways and rooms attached. Well, I was going to say a torture chamber, but hey. Yeah, you know, no, that is. Yeah. That ultimately is. And what got people in, and this is where it all starts to get fucked. What got people in was he's like first person who doesn't tap out of the seven to eight hour experience, by the way, of being psychologically and physically and kind of sexually abused, okay? Whoever doesn't tap out wins 20 grand cash that day, okay? So a lot of people like, I can do this. Once you start watching the footage and documentaries, you realize, first of all, they make it so the people either stroke out or what I call blinking out. They blink out of reality. Because they're so tortured by the second and third hour that they have to disassociate. It's no, it's no big deal. That's only like step one of a trauma response right there. Right? Yeah. So they disassociate. And that's why some of them don't tap out because they're literally not there. I've watched footage of people being walked through it and they're just not there. And the other thing is people try. And in those cases, Russ McCamey, the creepy ass owner, would implement, he would have like people in the next room implement worse shit. And like, he, but he wouldn't let people, and then no matter how far you got or whatever, he just says, oh, everybody tapped out. Everybody tapped out. There's footage of people being like, I never fucking tapped out. But I mean, that's just the start of it. Bob, if you would, what does this place do? Tell, tell me what it looked like. Tell me what you saw and what your guttural reaction was. It, don't fucking hold back. For it, real. These people need to understand that it, we're talking about Guantanamo Bay. It's the real life. It's a real life Rob Zombie movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's real life House of a Thousand Corpses, mm-hmm. Devil's Rejects. It's real life situations like Great that. Call. It's real life Deliverance. It's real life The Hills Have Eyes. It's real. It's a real life horror movie. So it's like frame the first room that you saw. The first room. Well, it wasn't a room. It was still outside where he, like, was it a pond? Yeah. When he dunks them. With yeah. The, with he the- dunks them into this like pond, which looks like it's raw sewage. Oh, it's gross. And then he has them sign the consents. He dunks them, by the way, while you like blindfold and shit. Yes. So he fucks with your senses. And bl- and blindfold is a nice term because a lot of people are getting duct taped. Oh, and they're getting slapped the fuck around too, yeah. right away. You, yep. My first thought when I saw them before you even go inside, I'm glad I'm glad you took it to that one. It starts when they get, when they're in their cars. Yeah. Like pulling up to the place. Yeah. And you know what my first thought was? 
How many of these staff have records? Well, it's funny because no background checks on those motherfuckers. In the YouTube clip that I saw, a lot of them were people who originally did it. Yeah. And they hired them. And it flipped back to when they were doing it. And the two, these two guys, I don't know if they were brothers or relatives or just friends, but they were both hanging upside down. And one was vomiting in, up into his nostrils, over his face, and being berated. Yeah. Being berated because he had his arms up. Because he was trying to clear his face. And this guy was like, put your fucking arms down. Yeah. That's what you mean when you say like it's Abu Ghraib, it's all fucking, it's prison torture. Like, you know, there's things on the waiver too. Like we're going to touch you. We're going to hit you. You can't hit us back. You could chip a tooth. You could fucking, we could shave your head. We could extract a tooth. Yeah. And this is shit that happens. So like, you know, I think you go into a room and like one of the things is they'll have a fucking ice chest like that people have in their basements filled with ice cold water and bro fully clothed you get into it and they shut the fucking top so you literally have to hold your head to the top mm -hmm. of the fucking thing to breathe that's just the first thing so like it ultimately came across to me like it, it to me after a while when i started watching the people doing it i'm like oh they're getting the people not the people walking through but the people who partake in it and work for him oh there's a sense of sexual gratification these people are getting from it this yeah. power because and you see different footage with women it has a different air it just does it has a different feeling one thing I thought when I was looking at all this and I was like, oh, I, I feel like almost like we, we should have Kelly come in. We should have Kelly come in and be like, you know, I know you're big into kink culture. Uh, where what's does, your take? Yeah. What's your, what's your, and I don't, I'm like, I'm not trying to draw a parallel to it, but I'm like, are there people in the, in that culture that would look at this and be like, all right. Or is this like, no, that's too far. Yeah. Cause it's torture porn. It's yep. exactly what it seems to be. And, and you'll see after like fucking 20 minutes, the people who like, like Bob said, the people who are taken are vomiting, they're bleeding, they're crying. And I have seen instances though. And they're like, all right. Like if they don't give a fuck, if you do use your safe word sometimes, yeah. like as much as they won't let anyone follow it to the end, I've seen footage of people being like, lemon, lemon. And, and, and McCamey's like, oh, there are no safe words here, baby. This is just starting. And you're like, it's exactly, it's the dinner scene from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's exactly what it is. It's people, it's a bunch of people reveling and focusing on the torment of one person. And the, like the, the craziest footage I saw was two guys. It's, it's essentially me and Bob. They're our size. They're fucking a couple tough guys, but whatever. One they, And they cosplay as Mario and Luigi just because they wanted to throw the people torturing them off. I'll send you this specific footage, but you can tell. You can tell in the middle that one of them has a stroke. And and uh, in the video I saw, he actually is, uh, when he's talking about, oh, people say people die and all that. And then he like nonchalantly like, I mean, someone's had a heart attack. But he's like, he was like. Because oh. uh, it, to him, it's. He's it's, a fucking sadist. He's yeah, the worst him, of the worst. To him, it's the ultimate. That's what he wants, you know? Um, and To him, and, that's his pornography. So what was it like, Bob? The first thing I sent you looked, looked like a terrorist video. I thought that person was burned. Tell me, tell me, tell them what you saw. And what I sent this out I of saw, context. I saw it was a lady. Mm -hmm. It was, and she was talking about she had just literally finished like her time there. Like yeah, he, she wasn't even breathing properly. Yeah, she was not breathing properly. She looked like she was in full pan panic mode, and it was over. Like so, for her, the threat was not gone, and she's covered in. I thought it was like burns. I thought she was charred, but yeah. it said I don't know if it was like feces or whatever. I mean, she's got parts of her head shaved. Shaved, yeah, yeah, and she's sitting there talking. She got like a black eye, swollen face. She's not really co coherent. She's no. like, uh, she's like, because what they do is when you're in shock afterward, they make you film a promo for, for the for the next people and for the website. You can look these up on YouTube, by the way, guys. There's so much to watch on this. So we're just trying to kind of open your eyes. Check this shit out. It's fucked, but it exists. But then, there, so then there was a line finally. I think it was after the stroke and a few other people who were like, they left and they're like, holy fuck, that just might have ruined my life. Yep. Like, I'm not okay. And so it started coming down on Russ Moore. And so... What happened was he still had it. 
but he would never let the person make it to the actual inside torture. So he set up this outside yard where it's like you have to crawl through barbed wire, you have to crawl through swamp water, then you have to pull a fucking tractor tire with a chain around his yard. And so when people tap out of that, he's like, ah, you couldn't handle it. There's hundreds of people now who insist they never even got inside and Mm -hmm. they wouldn't tap. He just, so the idea was, this is when people figured out, oh, he doesn't have the house anymore. He's just using the backyard because it's all he has. And that's why no one's getting inside. And then, you know, he has, he has a wife who he met in the process, but then left him. And she was like, wow, that guy was a fucking demon, Mm -hmm. you know? And so then Bob, you had said he had relocated. Yeah. So last I knew he was in Tennessee and he's he started this back up. It still exists. But the only thing is, is in Tennessee, they specifically make him put in the waivers that people can have a safe word to tap out. Yeah, like that, that's and, that's the thing that makes it okay. Yeah, there's no bullshit. Mm-hmm. See, I wish I wish I had looked up some recent footage. I'm curious because my whole thing was all right. So this and there's like all these weird rumors that he started himself. That the reason every walkthrough is taped, and it is. I've watched forty of them, multiple tapes, by the yeah, way. Yeah, is because there's actually feeds to Vegas where people can bet on who will make it to a certain length. So people can get on, you know, she's going to want out at five hours. She's going to want out at four hours. So there supposedly was a running pool too, which is super illegal to do, to be betting and betting on people. So there were all these rumors. And then, you know, when he moved, I think a lot of people were like, oh, fuck, cool, it's over. He's a fucked up dude. And eventually, I think that people are going to start digging. And I don't mean asking him questions. I mean, in his fucking yard. Yeah, he's he, like, I know I said he's a sadist. I just mean he's evil. Gross I, feeling just looking at his pocked face. Yep. He just, he's, he's a big guy. Not trying to insult, we're big guys, but he just fucking gives me a, I'll follow your girlfriend home from work vibe. I'll follow your girlfriend home and I'll watch, I'll make you watch as I torch, torture yeah, and yeah, sadistically no. just, do, yeah, do all these horrible, unmentionable things to her. And for me, the, the, the fucked up thing is the fucked up thing. The first in one of the first videos I saw, it's him in his house in the, in his office. And there are all the greyhound dogs and it makes him, Oh yeah, look at me. I'm such a wholesome guy. Yeah. And he's sitting there and he's editing this, these videos of tortures for YouTube so he can edit them and make promos and things. And then his kids are there. His, his young, like eight year old kids are there. And then whoever was filming interviews, the kids by themselves and just is asking them, Oh, like, what do you think of this? And they're like, yeah, we see the people coming in and they, like to them, it's like normal. Yeah. And it's like, that's no, no young children, impressionable mind children. Uh, it's not fucking normal. I mean, this, this is, I'm talking about human development now. I mean, that's when we develop our schema. Our schema is basically how we view the world, how we think the world is going to be to us, how we are going, supposed to be to the world to get our needs met. I mean, these, these are impressionable children. And w- what they're learning is, oh, you know, that's how I get my needs met. I can just torture people. And, you know, keep in mind, just subjecting kids to what they see in that videos over they're vicariously traumatized yep Yep. and and then minimizing it so if they see dad doing that and he's like oh it's just a game i mean you know at what point how far does it go well i mean we're dancing around it now but he definitely probably has said oh let's play a game to his kids yeah just you know and i know it's a heavy thing to toss out but this guy's sick and you know the people that work there as much as like oh you know what well we um we hire people that used to come through here so yeah. Anyone who went through there, that just proves they have a trauma, man. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a dick, but even the part of me when I first thought about it was like, I could get through it. No, man. First person who's fucking dunking me underwater, I'm beating the shit out of, and then I'm getting stabbed in there. Um, what we haven't even talked about yet is some of the other things, like some of the things that I watched where I, I that's where I was like, fuck you, Rem, for making me watch this. I'm, talk, I'm talking include- about... So here's some things that they do. So you're blindfolded with duct tape. You know, basically it's going to give you a waxing when it's when it comes off. And as they take it off, some of these 
quote unquote actors have been uh, putting just whatever in their mouths. I don't know what they put in their mouths. It could be like fake blood capsules. It could be a mixture of food. It could be all this shit. And then you know what they're doing? They're spitting it in your face. Like that alone would be like, no, I'm going to punch your fucking lights out. Making you open your mouth so you get some in your fucking mouth. Yep. Make you drink it. Oh, yeah. I mean, make you eat things that are just, oh, I, I don't know what. They ask you, they send you questionnaires, right? Before you even get there. To fucking make it perfectly torture. Yeah, to make it personal. They personalize your torture. So there's times where they will restrain you and then they'll drop a tarantula on your face. Like a real tarantula. They, they will lock your head in a cage. They'll dunk you into uh, like that pond. And so you have to hold your breath for 30 seconds, but I'm counting. And you know, their 30 seconds is like 60 seconds. Oh yeah, I've seen them let people out of that. Yeah. And, and like- then they put your, their foot down on you like, no, no, you're not even there yet. And then as soon as it's like that, they bring you in this other area, boom, boa constrictor right in the cage on top of your head. Pulling out your fucking fingernails and shit, and you signed a waiver. And you signed a waiver so I can take these rusty pliers and rip a tooth out. Yeah, it's it's fucking insane. And I think for me, I mean, it you know, it got me into the sort of rabbit hole of extreme haunted houses. And uh, it's interesting. I mean, look up some articles. There's a bunch of them all over the country. But everyone kind of is in the same agreement that some extreme haunts really are like artistic they're brilliantly scary there's something wrong with that dude and there's something wrong with what he's marketing as something that's fun for people or I something people should do at all I, I i'm shocked that this man's not in jail from the shit i've seen you had asked me on the way up here about what i could handle and what i what i really like about a well-done haunted house horror kind of thing themed thing is what it does to my senses so that's what I, i'm talking about like perfectly timed strobe lights and jump gags and just the atmosphere yeah the whole atmosphere a pitch black atmosphere with fog so it just it's throwing off your periphery and your perception anyway yeah actually right down the street from us lakeville lakeville has a campground and they used to turn it into a haunted house this time of year and i thought it was brilliant everything about it was brilliant by the way yeah what i mean is did you ever go to the lakeville one no okay so they had uh uh, they used the mess hall. It would be so busy that there would be a huge wait for it. And so in, in the mess hall, they give you like food and popcorn and it's heated if it's cold in the, at night in the in autumn and they put movies on and then you get in and they they it starts with hay rides and you start getting bombarded with, you know, the chainsaws without the yeah, chain yeah. on it. And, but then this is what makes it cool about a summer camp, about a summer camp turned into a haunted complex is that every single camp house is a different theme. Yeah, that's cool. And one of the coolest ge- jump gags that I ever experienced was at the Lakeville one. And that was, we walked into one and it was completely done up for that bedroom in the epic scene from the original Halloween. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And they put perfectly placed mirrors around the room to make it look like, like, so you were staring straight ahead, they're talking to you, and you could see Michael Myers sitting in like a rocking chair. Yeah. But the reality is because of the way they've done the mirrors. He's and, sitting behind you? And, they, and they've blended it in so you can't tell. Yeah. So yeah, he's sitting behind you and then when he jumps up... He's jumping out like right next forward. To you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 kind of stuff. The stuff that the Barretts used to do. Yeah, Barrett's was cool. Yeah, Barrett's Haunted House in uh, Abington slash Weymouth. Weymouth. On Route 18, which, I mean, took a different turn when the serial, when that serial killer, uh, mass murderer guy, uh, was like picking up people, like hitchhikers and stuff. And, like, yeah. Murder, yeah. They didn't like that. No, no. It's not uh, good for business. Yeah, but like even that one, because that one had the dummy electric chair things that just had yeah, to just go this, off just on the, the sensors. Just the way it looked when you were walking up to it. It was like this yep. huge, like, because they would sort of convert this waterfall from a um, golf course and turn it into like its own little haunted place. Yeah. It was cool. That's where I like when I was like 13 14 i'd take dates to that on halloween you or know? even the factory of terror never been and that never funny been. i live around here and yeah. i've never been yeah even and i bring that up because that literally they just take over an old warehouse and they just turn it into a haunted like a haunting i've like, heard it's, it's great dope. yeah and stuff stuff like that is great okay don't touch me yeah listen 
is there anything in your waiver that would I kick the fucking shit out of you? Right. There's recourse. I hope there is. I hope that's your that's your way to deter me. And it's not going to work. But I mean, I hope that's your way. Because if yeah, people are doing some of that. You spit something in my face, and I got a cage on there. I guarantee fucking teeth that I'm going to headbutt you with that cage. And just the panic response that kicks in when people have trauma and are re-traumatized is what they need to understand too is. And I remember writing them a letter about this, never hearing back. But I said, okay, guys. What about the first time you do this to a veteran? Think about your fucking boy last week, man. We had a great interview with Jay, but they think they're going through a fun fucking haunted house and then bam. Now they may crumple, they may cry, but they may also kill everybody. Not because I'm not saying they're dangerous, but I'm saying when you disassociate a blackout as a trauma response, what happens next is often like you can't pick it, can't choose it. But you know, and then people would say, well, someone with a uh, trauma, trauma shouldn't come. Some people don't know they have fucking trauma, motherfucker, until they're re-traumatized. Yeah. How many of my male friends won't admit to them that fucked up shit happened when they were kids? Uh, all of them? Yeah. And that's my thing. I'm not saying I'm tough or cool that I turn around and swing on these guys. I'm telling you that I've been fucked with and had bad things happening, which is why my trauma response would be physical. But I'm surprised a vet hasn't pulled out a knife and just gacked mad people in there. I think you and I know each other well enough to know. I mean, you and you, you've seen it. You, you know what happens when, when <laughs> you know what my trauma response is. Well, I mean, I become terrifying. Yeah. yeah. We, but I think we yeah. both have that in common. You've yeah. seen me at a couple of my worst too, and it's like a different person. Okay, Bob. So we're talking haunted houses. It's just Halloween stuff. It's Halloween banter, guys. You know, the McCamey Manor thing is interesting, but there is no, ultimately, there's no, like end to it like we can't no. just be like and then they closed down nah it's kind of still going on but the world's woken up to what that guy's really like yeah he had to leave california because california law caught on and they were just like nope fuck you bro Yep. Yeah, we've so seen the he, video. So he went away, quote unquote, went away for a while. And what I mean by that is people said like the YouTube page was dormant for a while and then he moved to Tennessee and probably opened it up. And But now he's more lower key. Yeah. He's not as out there as he as he was. Because he saw it wasn't doing him any favors. Yeah, he saw that it got him too much attention. So I have a question. So um, around Halloween, tell me about some creepy experiences you've had locally. Or if you've never had any, then don't. Do they have to be Halloween or just creepy experiences? No, I just mean creepy because we're talking about it because of Halloween. Oh, okay. All right. So not Halloween-centric, just All right. a couple of stories because I have one about the group home. I have a couple about the group home, and uh, but I'm going to start this one with the Hockamock. Cool, cool. Yeah, part of the quote-unquote Bridgewater Triangle. Mm-hmm. For anyone who doesn't know, the Hockamock Swamp is in uh, pretty much West Bridgewater. West Bridgewater, Bridgewater, Bridgewater the, the Bridgewaters. In Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. I was 18 years old, so it was like, yay, I can stay out past midnight and no one's going to give me a hard time, like police or anybody. So it was the winter time, and I was out as far as the road goes with a friend of mine, and my car got stuck. And it's like two in the morning. So I had to walk back to the Charlie Horse, which is now a bear. It was basically a novelty like restaurant. Yeah, that place was kind of cool. Restaurant bar. So like we had to walk bar. I had to walk past back there down this road where the trees like arch overwards. There's really no street lights. And the thing that was fucked up is this there's really no houses down this part of the road. And it's two in the morning. I mean, you can hear a pin drop. Yeah, it's unnerving. And I could hear what sounded like a horse walking on the road behind us. Wow. And then turn around, there'd be nothing there. And it was like that the entire time. And you were with someone who heard it and too. And I was with, and they heard it too. And so that was my experience there. That was it. But it's creepy. That was it. But it's it was jarring. Cre- it was creepy because we were walking away from my car and I knew we have to go back that way. Yeah. And that's why it was creepy to me. So do you want, do you want to tell the stories of the place we work or do you want me to tell No, them no, I'll, I mean, you can jump back and forth. You know, I have a strange relationship with, with the supernatural, very compelled, but I also question it a bit because I feel like the approach that society takes of like dead people moving cups and stuff. I think there's just, it's probably a transference of energy, but I don't, I don't think the ghost mythos is necessarily true. But again, I've been humbled a few times when I started working with Bob at this particular place we work 
work together. I remember it was the first Halloween that I had worked. And so everyone kept, they kept calling over and being like, oh, can Remy do the uh, haunted house? And it's just weird. And uh, well, let's give a little backstory to that. I mean, it's a house from the 1700s. The original part of the house is from the 1700s. There's a personal graveyard in the back. Yeah, it's crazy, yep. man. And there's rumor of these two girls, but we'll, we'll get to that. Basically. So I did it and shit. And like the, the staff afterward were like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, we don't go down in the basement because this house is haunted by Molly and Polly. And I'm like, shut the up. Like I was down there, everything's fine. You know what I mean? Flash forward, it got to a point at that that house. Shit happens in the house. I'm just gonna fucking say it. it. Does. Like, and I'm not saying it's this or that, but I'm saying that it fucking happens. And I always assumed the Molly Polly thing was just bullshit. I thought it was one of those group home urban legends. And then we, sure enough, it might have even been you. We walk out to the back, walk through the woods, and they, the grave literally is Molly and Polly, eleven year old girls, and it's like this other small lot with a few other graves in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, these people weren't lying. How huh? that's interesting. Craziest Molly and Polly story I have is this. So we're up on, we're near Big Bedroom, which is a section in one of the houses where a couple staff can work together to watch the kids and there's a monitor. And in the one room across from the med room, that's where the most shit would go on for whatever reason. And that room was vacant at the time. There were no, yep. there were no individuals uh, that were sleeping in that room. And we could like see the eyes of somebody in that room on the, mo- all of us in the monitor, mm-hmm. like looking up at the monitor, like, and what it was, was the reflection of a light on eyes and the light was coming from the hall because the lights were out in the room because no kids were in there. You clearly, we're all like, what the fuck? And so we get kind of creeped out and then we're kind of telling each other stories, hanging out up there and, and kind of creeping each other out in a very basic manner. But so then I leave that night. I get in my car and I'm driving and I'm like, there's a little girl in my backseat. I'm like, fuck, man. And I look in the mirror for a second and then there's nothing in my backseat. And I'm like, I'm just psyching myself out. But it was a creepy moment. I remember because I was listening. This is so funny, but I was listening to the Lost Boys soundtrack in my car, okay? <laughs> which makes everything creepier with certain songs. And I actually turned it off and put on like classical music because it it creeped me out that much. And I remember I got to my fucking driveway and I was like, hi, uh," because I was just freaked out when I saw, I was like, if you could not come in my house, that would be great. I'm like, I can drive you back there tomorrow. Like, it's going to be fine. And I went in and like right away, I was like, I'm fine. I felt fine. Everything was normal. So creeped me out though. I couldn't stop thinking, couldn't really sleep that night. Get in the next day. I'm the first one in and I think the first person I saw was Steve. He's like, bro, can I tell you something? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? He's like, I was driving home last night and one of those girls was in my back seat and I swear on all the hairs of my nuts I did not tell anyone this story at the time I'm like you for some reason my first response was oh you fucking with me like did I tell you something and he's like what the fuck are you talking about I'm like bro she was in my back seat next day you 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 one of the staff that morning no oh, okay so then another one comes up another one comes up we don't say anything each one says it guys not to be weird but did you feel her in your back seat last night that was one of the creepiest moments of my life because I I was a hundred percent sanity wise I was like there couldn't have been I'm just creeped out I creep myself out but then for four or five people to all confirm having the same fucking experience first of all like <sighs> so that was that was creepy man that house had creepy shit happen i'll admit that yeah. yeah so i have two experiences from that house they would both qualify as poltergeist experiences because of um violent activity kind of just or? because it involves like objects or people and in one of them I was touched. That shit's creepy. Yeah. So I'll start with this. I'll get. I'll paint a bigger picture of this home. By the way, we're not. Me and Bob aren't like ghost believers. We're skeptics. So don't think this. For us to say this is like we're just telling the stories. So this house that we're talking about, we said the original part of it is from the 1700s. It's it probably has like four additions on it, and one of those additions was somebody built an in-law, and when they built the in-law, they also built a kitchen, a dining area, 
off of that. And that's where we would have a lot of kids eat. There would be a table. There could be like, and we'd have chairs. And, and at the end of the night, we'd put the chairs up on the tables. They were like 30 pound chairs. Yeah, they were too. heavy. They were heavy chairs. So there were kids that would sleep in that in-law area. And then there was a living room. There was a bathroom. There was a little kitchenette. And you as the staff monitoring them would sit kind of in their room where a light was on. And otherwise it's pitch black in the, in the living room. And then the, there'd be a, like a light on in the kitchen and you'd hear uh, the juice machine cycling. And that's it. And you could, and the house had, uh, but it was built. So it had echoes. So you could, you could clearly hear when someone was walking through the house. Yeah. So it's about midnight and the supervisor, I was down there by myself. The supervisor's upstairs doing their rounds and I'm just doing my thing, whatever. Out of nowhere, chair falls off of a a table. Yeah. And I'm waiting for someone to come and nobody comes. And those like, you would have to lift those fucking things. It would take a lot of force to, to move, to move a chair like that. And then finally, when the supervisor came just to do their rounds, they're like, Hey, what happened to the table? And it would be 15 minutes later. So for 15 minutes, I'm sitting there kind of like, you know, my heart is like pumping and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and then I'm like, none of these kids like moved. I'm like, I'm like, is it just something I heard? But then when the supervisor came in, they were like, Hey, what happened to the chair? And I was like, uh, fell. I don't know what happened to the chair. And they're yeah. like, oh, okay. So same house, different part of the house. I was in the part where there was a, there was a bedroom where it was one person. Okay. And then there were three people in the room right next to it. Yep. Otherwise you're by yourself. There's no staff around you whatsoever. And it's the middle of the night. I, they did mandatory overtime. So I'm, I'm on a mandated third shift. I've already worked eight hours. I haven't slept in like 24 hours. And I started to, to nod off. And then I felt my body jerk a certain way. So Rem, when your body, like when you jerk yourself awake, yeah. like your body jerks, which, which way do you typically go? Well, up, right? You go, uh, you go like up or yeah. you go, or you straighten up or yeah. like that. Yeah. I was pushed down into the left. No, no, not a JFK reference. I mean, like I, I had someone like push, yeah, push me forward. Almost like someone was like, Hey, yeah, and like, so like I immediately wake up and I figure like the supervisor is going to be there and be like, you can't be sleeping and all that. But there was nobody there. Nobody there. And then I'm, uh, <laughs> I had no problem staying awake after that. Yeah, yeah. I had no problem after that. And then literally like five minutes later, the supervisor, because one thing the supervisors we worked with did on the overnight, they jingled their keys. Yeah. They, it was like their like little tell if you're like nodding off to like wake up. So they, that's how you could tell. And yeah, they, you'd always hear it. Yeah. And you always hear the jingling of the keys and they say, you want anything? And I'm like, yeah, I just want to go walk around. <laughs> yeah. Kind of five yeah. minutes. So those are my yeah and i remember working those shifts where we would see the eyes yeah i remember you and another person would like lock yourselves in the not lock but you'd go in the room no, close the door shit, yeah. just to see like what would happen and, and all that and we, and we couldn't figure out which when i went in the room the eyes wouldn't necessarily be there if i believe that energy just ch- transforms like it never goes away yeah i think that should apply to the astral plane as well yeah like for for locations like if you have if someone has an an, uh, an attachment to a place that means their energy would also have an attachment yeah so when you kind of have it all like mixed together it just really to me it creates like a powder keg of energy otherwise i'm not a very open i know this i'm not a very open person like that my yeah. wife is like i remember my wife has been visited by people i know who have passed away and there's times where she could be like do you know a so-and-so whatever and then i'll go get like a picture book and i'll like flip through pictures and they'd be like she'd be like that person that person was standing next to me jesus that person was standing next to me talking to me that's intense and i'll be like so around the time my my father was uh was dying Mm. she started it that really upticked yeah really kind of upticked a lot so it it wasn't bad energy it was more like comforting she even said it was like comforting i get that like the one the story i just told was my grandmother that she pointed to a picture of my grandmother when she was my father's mother who was just wonderful wonderful human being yeah. and she said like she could pick that up and she said that she felt like a like a supportive kind of kind of tap assurance on yeah and a whisper of it's time and then she murdered you yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no um, i know it's time to let go that's powerful man she wow. uh she also said uh pat visited her 
after really? after he passed away. How's and, he doing? And the well, it was right after he passed away. And he was like, she said he was talking uh, like telepathically, like his mouth wasn't moving, but she could hear him. And he was talking about, it feels like weight is lifted, feels good. There's no pain. There's no that. And then there's the typical, like everything's slowly starting to get brighter around. And then he said, well, like something like he was sitting in a chair and he got up and was like, well, I, I guess I got to go. And then like turned back towards her with like a, a serious face and was like, and like, look, he's, she said he looked at me as I'm sleeping and was like take care of him and then walked off yeah that's what pat would do and so she's like she thinks like i'm gonna die that's how she took it at first whereas whereas my joke whereas i my takeaway was look after him he was yeah he was just saying goodbye yeah it's actually pretty so and she's like crying and i'm like no no it's it's fine we're in a better place than we started this conversation because we started it about a a sadistic kind of in my opinion someone who has some sexual sadistic kind of thing to it yeah we made it a nice spiritual closing And and we've kind of gone on a spiritual journey yeah and i think that um Obviously, if you guys want to look into him or, or find out about McCamey Manor, um, M-C-K-A-M-E-Y. Tread lightly. That's yeah, my disclaimer. Tread lightly. Um, you know, it's a rabbit hole unto itself. So just be aware of that. We just kind of wanted to talk about it because it's, it's kind of atrocious. But hey, it's one of those things that if people are going to keep willingly walk into the mouth of a lion, you can't get mad at the lion for being full. That was a good one. Bro. It was a good one. I just one. made that up. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Bobby. Uh, what I was going to say is while watching these YouTube clips, I was reminded of Tiger King. Oh, like how- the, the people that are around him. Oh, his, just- his like rock star kind of persona. That's actually a really good comparison. Um, so Surrounded near, by yes people. So clearly these people are like very narcissistic, me- megalomaniac personality types. And what I mean by that is, I mean, narcissist is easy. They're all about themselves at the cost of other people. We added the sadistic angle to it, which means he he cares about what gets his rocks off and what gets his rocks off is inflicting pain and suffering on other people. Yep. He then records it. That's why earlier in the episode, I said... It's his personal pornography. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He beats yep. off to that shit for oh, yeah. sure. Oh, you yeah. know? Um, and he probably lets his kids watch. Ooh. That's good, though. If yeah. You gotta, you, we want this world, the world to be repulsed by people like That's you. making it in the next promo. Right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that wraps up that discussion, guys. No, you know what? I'm going to go off on a tangent, too. Go. Whatever. Can we talk about how fucking funny it is that people think that people are going to give away edibles to children every Halloween? They have this fear. That's just going to be... Do you know how expensive edibles are? Yes, I do. Dude, you think I would be giving those away? Anyone would be giving... Okay, if it does happen... Show me to the house and I'm going to get like 25 costumes and I'm just going to keep going back. Rem, with the way inflation is right now, we can barely give razor blades away in candy bars, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I know I'm going fucked up there, but let's be honest. No, you're right. Yeah. You can afford a blade and a Snickers. Even the, even the sadistics on Halloween are going to be like, fuck this. I just, can't spread. I have to save this for my S&M sessions. Like, That's the one thing my buddy Jamie just moved to a nice little town. He, his neighbor came over. He's like, by the way. Um, because no razor blades in the candy <laughs> He's rooms. like, you son of a bitch. No, he's like, listen. You um, look like the t- He's like, look at razor blade giver. We don't like that around here. No, they're like, listen, just to give you a heads up, because all these streets are connected and like they're a safe neighborhood. The guy's like, I gave away 110 bags of candy last year. I haven't seen a trick-or-treater because I live in the hood. Um, do you guys get trick-or-treaters no. here? That's what I'm saying. No. So imagine 110 of them. That's intense. There's a place right down the street from me, from where we are at right now. And that's where my parents used to take us. Oh, that farm? No, no, no. It's um, it's a, it's like a condo, like a townhouse complex. Oh, is it so, like a... So you um, literally just go and co- like townhouse to townhouse. That just doesn't do it though. And it's, like. well, from just a bulk, from a, from a one-time bulk, like candy standpoint. Oh yeah, it was convenient. Yeah, I can see that. It was convenient. And I mean, the place, the place is pretty fucking huge. 
like when I say townhouses, there's probably like 50 townhouses in there. Oh, nice. So you leave with a full stack. Yes. Yeah. 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 We're talking pillow bags. Yeah. Pillow, pillow bags. Pillow bags are tough. Let your parents pick out whatever they want. And there's still too much for you to get high on. Yeah. Right. Like in parents, parents who are older would pick out the lame shit because they want like, they wanted like Twizzlers and fucking Smarties because they grew up on that shit. That shit's Nazi food. Or, um, those fucking Werthners? wafers. No, those wafers. And they were like five colors. Yeah, yeah, they would Necco wafers. Yeah, they pick out Fuck those you, too. Necco wafers. Yeah, they pick out those, and just because they just, for whatever reason, candy corn. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah, I don't know what it is about candy corn, but old people love it. Yeah, I decide love it in the trash. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, so they would leave all the other stuff. Yeah, but I was gonna make a joke about fiending for like, for some type of candy. Just give me just the give word, me directly. Baby. Yeah. I was always my, I was always a Reese's guy. We had a couple dickheads in our neighborhood when I was a kid that would give away toothbrushes. Fuck those people. Fuck off, hippie. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? This is our day, bro. Next thing you know, they're going to give you compost in a bag. <laughs> right? <laughs> Build a better world. Yeah. But um, You think about it, though. What I did was before you had uh, uh, sex offenders were so, accept- like, like the community was so accessible to the sex offenders. Because I know, like, in hindsight, there were definitely shady people that were probably get, just getting their jollies off of kids. Oh, dressed I agree. Up, dressed up to give candy. Yeah, yeah. Candy's in my pocket. You know. <laughs> yeah, you have to do yeah. the idea that you know. Let's say you went to fifty houses, you'd be fucking on a good night. Okay, let's say your Halloween's thirty houses. You have to understand that at three of those houses, though nothing came of it, you were in danger. Yes. Just you didn't know it. Nothing happened, but there were people who didn't see you as a trick or treater. They saw you as a snack. Did you ever get you're egged going, or anything? I got egged one home. You're going around this neighborhood getting your desserts. And you come? Let me just grab, grab, just grab some candy out of my out of my britches. I got egged once. I don't think people meant to. It just landed on me. I got shaving creamed a couple times. I didn't get like directly egged. My car's been egged. Yeah. And uh, I I almost went like full like U.S. Marshals like trying to hunt them down. Oh, I believe that. I yeah. get fucking see me and Bob can't go through McKamey Manor. <laughs> yeah. Too angry. No. Um. I have egged. See, I have. You egged. know what's weird? I was never a punk. Everyone thinks that I must have. I just always felt bad. For there was there was a Halloween. I got one of the higher end volume Super Soakers. Yeah. And I raided my friends like the condiments in his fridge and was just oh, walking wow. the streets just ruining oh. nights. Yeah. I do remember yeah. that the one I liked a lot because like and I still don't know if it's true to this day thin pieces of german bologna would pull off the paint when you took it off mm. so you get a pound of bologna and just walk around and just thwack thwack but i wasn't much of a punk to be honest with you i know people like just assume looking at me but i was kind of a good kid who pretended to be cool i remember throwing an egg out of a car but because we were going so fast it hit the car itself yeah that's kind of common you know and my and i waited years but I finally came clean to my friend because he thought somebody egged his car. <laughs> and I just sat there quiet like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we egged your car. Yeah, and then we I told him, it. and he's like, what happened? And I told him, and he's like, he's like, oh, that, he's like, you're, <laughs> he's like, you're an asshole. I was like, we were chasing around. I'm like, yeah, you were chasing ghosts. Fucking, we were Ghostbusters that yeah. night. So let me, let me ask, plans for Halloween? None. None. My plans are essentially like I watch Halloween-y type stuff. And What's your go-to to watch on Halloween night? Hall- no, not Halloween. That's too cliche. I've I really already, like... I've Night- already watched that. I like. I get that one out of the way. I like Nightmare Before Christmas. I make sure to watch I've already that watched, I've year. already watched that. I don't know. Right now, I've been uh, really hitting up Tubi and uh, just watching the uh, the C-level horror movies. Trauma, baby. Yeah, Trauma all the way. Class of Newcomb High. Even what were we talking about earlier? Oh, yeah, Chud, too. Like the, yeah. the really like... Tubi. <laughs> that yeah. was on Tubi. Yeah. Dino De Laurentiis was the producer on a lot of those. That was his shit in the, in the 80s was just, yeah, you can make it. Watching a couple uh, English dubbed over like Italian horror movies from the 70s and 80s. I love Italian giallo horror. It's so fucking weird and, and pageant-like. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um myself, no man, I'm lame. You know, I could make jokes about like summoning Paimon to fucking rid the world of all my enemies, but I'm not I'm just probably just gonna fucking hang out. Um actually I think Halloween's gonna be when I'm gonna be getting my fat, stupid face looked at. So my <laughs> Halloween's gonna suck. They'll be pulling shit out of my fucking gums. Oh, you'll be like those reels I watch. Only instead of like fake teeth and fake mouths, it'll be real. It'll be real. I just, I want to um, give a quick thanks to everybody who fucking listens and shit. Because this show's, you know, I probably should have stayed home and fucking worked on my face today. But this shit is actually really good for my soul too. You know, me and Bobby say this is our therapy. So I'm proud of myself that I'm still doing this shit and standing up, you mm-hmm. know. But I like, there there are things I need to I need to get on the ball about. But right now, for me, it's just about getting to the end, end of the year and surviving. Rest in peace, Angela Lansbury. Yeah. She was a treasure for anyone who doesn't realize. My introduction to her, sticking with that Halloween theme, because to me, it's a movie people should watch during Halloween, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Okay. I, it was that and Manchurian Candidate yeah. for me. Bedknobs and Broomsticks, the endings, and I'm not spoiling anything for a 50-year-old movie here, uh, when she basically enchanted the entire museum and all like the armor came to life to, fight, kid, to fight the Nazis. Like, come on. That was awesome. Disney's got a big dick, bro. Th- think about that. was like 1971. Think about the graphics on that. Yeah, well, the, the special effects, yeah. Yeah. Everybody go check that shit out. Watch some McCain, then watch some Chud too. Bud the Chud. And um, guys, you know what? You're not going to hear this till after Halloween. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys had a safe one. Another. I hope you guys all have safe Halloweens and get razor blade free candy bars. Yep. And Maybe some free edibles. Yeah, if you hopefully you get some accidentally edibles. <laughs> If they get any, they'd be getting CBD edibles for me. Nice. I don't even think that would do any harm to a child, but what do I know? All right. Take care, everybody. We like you. Odyssey podcast. Remy and Bobby Rocks discuss. We can talk about, we can talk more specifically about um, seasonal depression. We can talk about the changing of the seasons. Oh, cool. We're doing daylight savings, but we're doing the one that's depressing. It's really a bad time of year. It is, though. I don't like it. For me, after Christmas, it just, it's like falling off a cliff. There's a frantic, angry pace to the world wherever you go. And around the Christmas season, it seems like every person thinks their rush is more valid than yours. It's okay to mourn that loss. But you can't keep looking for it but to stand you, up. But you can't keep anticipating magical thinking like it's going to come back if you do if you do live your life this certain way or you just can't recreate that that you're not sleepwalking through your shit but also so that you're not necessarily overwhelmed by it yep because you know there's gonna be a lot every song's gonna be mariah carey every store find the xop on apple podcasts spotify iHeartRadio, our facebook page or youtube